Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a stream freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another ish episode. That was interesting. <laughs> welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the dashing duo Derek and Mike. I was trying to see if there was something else. And I gotta say this right off the hand, right off the top of the hand, top of the show. This is not one of our stories, but I'm sure we'll talk about it on Wookie Radio. Um, Charles Soul. It's been announced he is writing The Rise of Kylo Ren, a limited series comic launching in December. Cool. So it'll be one story everyone's dying to see about Kylo and the Knights of Ren. That's this. Mm, very cool. That's going to be awesome. So, mm. um, again, welcome to Weeby Geeks. Check out the homepage, WeebyGeeks.net. Our affiliates, uh, check them out. Check out our partners. Found me and Heroes and Villains, who I'm still waiting for them to release their Jedi and Sith stuff, or at least show it from uh, San Diego Comic-Con. It's been so, supposedly it was coming out, I haven't seen anything yet, so I wonder if they didn't get it done in time. Well, the con's not over yet. True. I think they would have been selling it big time. Mm. Um, But also, too, check out our web store. Uh, It is being updated uh, with a few changes, but you can still get your Weeby Geeks, baseball jerseys, hockey jerseys, hats, T-shirts, knit hats. Um, The hats, the ball caps are going to be just the word mark. So um, they look great. And we are making a few changes there on the site to reflect that. And... um, also, too, go support Mighty Marvel Geeks over at podcastawards.com. Uh, you have to sign up, or I think it's uh, nominate here, and you can nominate Mighty Marvel Geeks for People's Choice Entertainment and Television and Film, TV and Film. Uh, we would definitely love your support in hopes that maybe we can win a podcast award this year. So, happen, people. Yes. I mean, this show's award-winning. Ah, yes. And it's just come down to the two of us. <laughs> so, and no, I'm not going to go into it. It's the two of us. <laughs> yeah, I know, because you kill me. <laughs> I'll catch a computer virus. I have to go <laughs> to the doctor. And then they're going to send me to Geek Squad. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're going to have some great news for San Diego Comic-Con at... Uh, on next week's show. Oh, speaking of next week's show, um, our condolences to the Rose family um, for their loss. And you know, our hearts are, are out to them. Mm-hmm. So, um, guys, know our, our prayers are with you guys. So, um, well, 
where do we begin? We got all the other stuff out of the way. There's a lot of stuff this week. Between Comic-Con, which Happy Geek New Year. And to you as well. Because it has officially started. It, it's what, Geek Year 50? 50 GY? Since sure. It's 50th, since it's the 50th anniversary of Comic-Con? <laughs> um. Well, I don't believe this was Comic-Con news, but this is news that I loved, that I like. <laughs> Back in 1979, I was nine. Well, I was probably eight when this came out. I don't remember when exactly it came out. But I remember seeing this in the drive-in movie theater. Were you alive yet? Yeah. In 79, I was five years old. Okay. But you, I don't think you would have gone to this film. I'm not sure. I've seen it, but... Um, I don't know. Well, here here's an interesting tidbit, a little bit of trivia. This film I'm about to mention is notable for being Disney's very first PG-rated film. <laughs> and at the time, was the most expensive film Disney had ever made. Now, for many years, fans have been begging for a Blu-ray. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I'm in that category. And DVD Newsflash has just informed us that the Blu-ray is finally coming. But there's a catch. You have to be a member of the Disney Movie Club. Now, it's not uncommon for Disney to have Movie Club exclusives. And this one is expected in August. I would try and do my part, join, buy my movies, and get out of it just to get this movie. Now, in, in the 1979 film... It was directed by Gary Nelson, starring Anthony Perkins, and it's a research vessel finds a missing ship commanded by a mysterious scientist on the edge of a black hole. Now, wait, I just realized I haven't mentioned the name of the movie. The Black Hole is coming to to Blu-ray through Disney Movie Club. Thank you very much. (laughs) I just don't want to get... With the oh, here, here's the problem. Just I mean, this is going back to um, you get four movies now for a dollar, and as a member, you have to buy five more movies within the next two years at nineteen ninety five per movie plus shipping and processing. <laughs> Gee, Columbia Record House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can't tell you how many cassettes I bought through that thing back in the day oh i know so that so that's the catch but man would i if that see i don't want that commitment just so i could get one movie well i mean you know yeah i know i know i know (laughs) that's a decision you're going to have to ponder but i then turn around and get the five i mean if blu-rays are the same price then heck yeah, start building that Marvel collection up. Oh yeah, that'd be the easy way to do it. Because mm. I think it's funny they see. I could get my three Captain America movies. And we could get Guardians one and two. Since my daughter really loves Guardians one and two. <laughs> Boom, done. Oh wait, they got Winter Soldier, Civil War, First Avenger. Yes, it could be done. <laughs> then the five movies after we we'll get the Avengers, Age of Ultron, the Avengers. And then the three Iron Man films, knock those out. You sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> and then later we could get the two Thor movies, Thor and Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> but you you laugh as if there was another film. Oh wait, there was Loki too. Yeah. <laughs> it was Thor, Loki, Thor Ragnarok. 
But they have listed on here, too, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp, Black Panther, uh, Ant-Man. They got some of the animated stuff, too. Oh, that's kind of cool. Marvel Spider-Man, The Venom Saga, Marvel X-Men Volume 1, Volume 3, Volume 5, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avenging Spider-Man, Marvel The Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Volume 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1, Iron Man and Hulk, Heroes United. No, I really didn't care that much for Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Mm, Didn't see it. I think I watched part of it. I like the new one. Well, I guess this is the new one. Earth Mightiest Heroes, Volume 6. Wait, when did these come out? First one came out in 2001. No, that can't be right. Oh, well. Um, there's the Spider-Man Ultimate Villain Showdown movie. Daredevil versus Spider-Man. Animated. So a few of the animated. No Planet Hulk at the moment on this. But I think this is the uh, the ones that are available for the 4 4 dollar. But I think it's funny. No Star Wars. Uh-huh. Which, I can't, oh, Tron, Tron Legacy. Tron? Uh, it doesn't look Tron Legacy. I think it fell flat a little bit. Yeah. But the, was a little the cartoon, though, was awesome. Was it? Yes. Huh. What was it? Tron Uprising? Oh, right, right, yeah. I that was it. great. See, outside of... Guardians, I may have to... They have Halloween Town, which is a movie my daughter really loves. They have both of them on one disc, or on, hmm. in one package. John Carter. I like John Carter. I haven't seen it. The Rocketeer. That was a great movie. Yeah, that was a good one. Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> what a classic. Wow. I haven't seen that in ages. Yeah, I haven't either. And that was a, that was a classic. That was a great film. Um, Bruce Willis in... The Kid. I don't remember that one. Me either. The Black Hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I loved Black Hole. You had the Red Robot, which was Maximilian. You had Old Bob and Vincent. I mean, it was, it was some great stuff there. I remember I used to like it, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. I have it on Blu-ray. Or I have it on, don't have it on Blu-ray. I have it on DVD. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I may pick it up when it shows up on eBay on his Blu-ray from someone who did buy it, trying to flip it. But no, next month, Blu-ray for Black Hole. So all you Black Hole fans, be on the lookout. And hey, my birthday's in August if you guys are looking for something. <laughs> anyway, shameless plug there. Um, So now your birthday is... February. February. So people could start payment plans on the set next item and have it for you for your birthday. Oh, oh, see, oh, I'm looking out for you. Oh man, that would. Oh, <laughs> oh. Have you seen the pictures of this thing from San Diego? Yes, I have. This thing's huge. Yes. Okay, we're not talking huge. We're talking like Donald Trump. This is huge. 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 So what is this we're talking about? Well, <laughs> yeah. It's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's all that needs to be said. It's that. So uh, Hasbro started a little thing called HasLab, and uh, which was a success with the first item. Yes, they were basically their goal is to design these super high end um, collectible toy things. 
Um, and it's a crowd. It's a crowdfunded thing. Yes, and the first thing they did, if you may or may not recall, is uh, Jabba's sail barge, which we drooled over that big time. Yeah. Did you ever see any of the unbo- any of the unboxings of that? I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't bear to watch. <laughs> uh, Fanthatrax did one. Yeah. Oh. The thing was like in, huge. <laughs> In scale, isn't it like I don't know how, like three feet or something? Somewhere. Some, no, some, it's, it's bigger than that. It's geez. almost like five feet long. Wow! It, it's almost rival. Well, it's not rivaling U.S. flag, mm. but man, it's 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 big. Amazing. Well, now Haslab has unveiled their newest, uh, their next thing that they want to do, and as soon as I saw this. Being the Transformers fan that I am, no. I, I, oh, I almost had a heart attack right there in the spot. So <laughs> I now was, I was wondering if I was going to be doing a show tonight. <laughs> like, oh, crap. Derek's having a coronary. <laughs> now, uh, what they want to work on is a 27 inch tall, fully posable Unicron figure (laughs) (laughs) that is screen accurate to his debut in the 1986 Transformers the Animated Movie. 27 inches is will be the tallest ever Transformer. uh, Three inches bigger than Fortress Maximus who is 24 inches. Uh, The figure is fully posable with 50 points of articulation. <laughs> That's down to, five zero yes, points. Including its jaw and fingers. And you can transform it into a its planet mode that is 30 inches in diameter. Jiminy Christmas. Yes. And it also includes planet-eating jaws and posable planetary rings. Mm. Now... If you haven't seen this yet, people, I encourage you to please look it up because the pictures are amazing. It's it's I'm hearing the pictures aren't doing it justice. I can imagine. But there's a picture here of of the Unicron next to an Optimus Prime. And it's just like, wow, it's amazing. Now, it's it's, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. As with the sail barge previously, there's a little bit of a caveat to this in that uh, they need 8,000 people to order the figure, which will retail at $574.99. You know what? That's not – considering the the sail barge was around the same price. Right. And this is like the – most unbelievable transformer of all time. Um, <laughs> so, if you are one of the 8,000 people that would like to get this, go to HasLab's website before August 31st at 11.59 uh, Pacific Standard Time and Unicron will rise. At time of recording, there is 1,514 backers already. Already? Wow. That's awesome. This I, only, this is, they just released this, what, three days ago? Yeah. Something like, yeah, three yeah three days ago. This just, ah. Uh. And they've already sold, technically got commitments for 1,514. 
1,514 backers mm. in three days. That's, that's incredible. It is. But so is this toy. It's amazing. It, if uh, Like I said, if you're a Transformers fan, definitely check this out. It's unbelievable. Now, here, here's the sad part. If it does not reach 8,000, it's not being made. Yep. That's the sad part. But, uh... You got six I, weeks, folks. Make it the happen. The Jabba Sail Barge happened, and honestly, I didn't think that was... You know, I had my doubts about that happening, but it did. Yeah. So... Okay. Here are the active projects over on... Haslab. There is a Sesame Street Cookie Monster <laughs> selling for two hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. It needs three thousand backers, and they've sold two hundred and eighty. There's thirty seven days left. Wow! Now I'm trying to see exactly what this is. It's a posable, full size, photorealistic Cookie Monster replica. Wow. This thing's impressive. Height, 38 inches, 10 pounds, 20 inches wide, 19 inches deep. Jeez. That's that's amazing. That That's good size. Mm. And it's got the googly eyes, too. <laughs> and then um, in production, there's nothing. And then the past projects is the cell barge. Which got 5,000 plus backers, and the target was 5,000. So, figure getting 5,000 plus backers, if there was 5,005, that means 5,005 of these were made. So, their goal is to get 8,000 made of this, which is not really that bad of a thing. Yeah, really. So, but... um. If that seems a little pricey for you, then maybe you might want, oh, Misty Knight's arm or Daredevil's suit, which is uh, up for grab. Didn't we talk about this here? No, I don't think so. We might have talked. I think we talked about it over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh. Um, there is a Marvel television live auction taking place over at the prop store, which is another one of these online auction sites. Hmm. Um, apparently one of their props that they had was Indiana Jones fedora, which sold for $424,000. Yeah. Mm. Um, apparently they've had Christopher Reeve's suit, uh, Harrison's jacket from Empire Strikes Back Mm. that we see him in on Bespin, Terminator, a Stormtrooper helmet. This thing looks in rough shape. So <laughs> a blaster, which looks rough. Holy cow, that looks like a mic pack on there. <laughs> Part of the problem. Darcidious website sold for $70,000 or $92,893. Luke's or Anakin's hero lightsaber sold for $145,966. Mm-hmm. Card's costume is the, the the jumpsuit costume, eighteen thousand five seventy seven. The noisy cricket sold for seventeen thousand two forty five. Oh wow! Um, try to see what else. I mean, there's some cool stuff that sold and won their last auctions. A lot of things that got passed over too. Oh, my Lord, armadillo miniature. 
from right. Armageddon. Light up armadillo model miniature, $3,979. I've actually been in one of the original armadillos. Oh, really? They had one at, stu- at, they had one at studios. That sucker was a fun ride. No kidding. No kidding. Hmm. Um, God, I could stare at this all day. But back to the story. Um, oh, right. <laughs> You know, we know Netflix gave the cancellation acts to all the Marvel series. Um, so <laughs> the prop store is doing a first ever Marvel television live auction stuff that's going to be sold. Oh, the first iteration of the red costume of Daredevil, Misty Knight's cybernetic arm, Electra Nacho's battle costume, Colleen Wing's katana sword, Danny Rand's fight costume. Hmm. Luke, Luke Cage's light-up creation tub. Oh, wow. Kingpin's flashy cufflinks. <laughs> and a rabbit in a snowstorm painting. That was, I guess, in his thing. Uh, also, too, the, the swear jar. That was in the coffee can. Hmm. So all you know, the, the catalog is now available to look at online. Um and bidding and advanced bids can be placed online from anywhere in the world, or you could participate on the phone, online, or in person uh, day of the auction. Uh, there's a sign from the Nelson and Murdoch, attorneys at law sign. Huh. Um, yeah. I mean, with the costume, it's pretty complete with the different things. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, some of the stuff on here, like with Danny Rand's fight costume with the blood all over it, <laughs> Harlem Paradise sign, sweatshirts. So, yeah, go check it out. Anyway, yeah, go check it out, man. Or listeners. Sorry, didn't mean to. I just feel like it's a conversation between the two of us and you guys are just listening. <laughs> Which is about what it is. Eavesdropping. <laughs> Hey, we don't care if you eavesdrop. Eh. Let us know what you think, though. Yes. Um, Trying to see what else they have listed. Um, The auction is August 12th through 13th. And you can order a hard copy of the catalog now if you want. Don't know how much that's going to run you. But you can download the PDF if the PDF will open. No, now I'm curious. How much will a hard copy cost you? Prop store is over in England, and the heart and the a five a five dollars for the for the catalog. It's kind of a, an interesting, you know. I mean, you can never, you know, if, if you can't really do the auction, you could still get the catalog and yeah, see all the cool things in there. Yep, yeah, and it's cool too because they introduce the characters from different shows, and they show you the actor and the original comic book character. Oh wow! In here in the beginning. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. They even tell you what, what book they appeared in or first appeared in. That is pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. And then obviously there's those that were not in the book and created for the show. I'm surprised there's actually some cool things in here. I'm curious to know now, because we've had the, uh, um, we had the one guest over on Mighty Marvel Geeks who was on Luke Cage, on, uh, yeah, Luke Cage. So I wonder if they have any of his stuff in here. I'm going to take a look while you move on to the next story. Alrighty. Well, <clears throat> uh, Disney has been doing 
some interesting things lately with their movies doing live action versions of their animated films. In fact, this weekend, uh, The Lion King opens. I've mixed and, reviews on it. Yeah, so I've heard. My wife and I might be going to see it. We shall see. But um, it looks like uh, Disney's kind of enjoying doing the uh, the live action animated films, and uh, they're going to continue doing it. Um, and we know of uh, the little the Little Mermaids getting done. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, what other movies could they be doing? Well, an interesting choice. Uh, Word is coming out that uh, unconfirmed rumors that they could possibly doing a live action remake of the 1985 film The Black Cauldron. Really? Yes. I don't know about that. But tidbit, Black Cauldron was the first film. I know it was the first Disney film to get a PG-13 rating. Mm. Um, Yeah, it seems like. <clears throat> Excuse me. It seems like a random choice, but who knows? Um, it's of course it's only in the very early stages of development, so there's no actual information on casting or anything like that. Uh, but what was also interesting to note is that the Black, Black Cauldron was actually a flop for Disney. It, it was. It's actually one of my favorite movies, though. Yes, I remember you mentioning that. That's why I actually included this story. Aha. Um, and uh, where it is that this is the movie that almost killed Disney Studios. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the movie had a huge budget of $44 million, which was the most expensive animated picture ever made back in 1985. Yep. But it it only earned twenty one point three million domestically, and it was said to be a big loss and put Disney close to bankruptcy, which is funny to think of now that you know they're they're uh, now so far away from bankruptcy they own they bought Marvel, <laughs> Lucas Films, and Pixar. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, ABC ABC helped bail them out. Mm. And then in turn, I mean, this was back when Walt was still alive. And then it turned into um, we ended up bailing ABC out when they had problems. Funny how these things work out, huh? Yep. Just like it's the it's the uh, Marvel bankruptcy that led to all the some of the issues they've had with movie character rights and such now. Yep. Um, So the Black Cauldron, for those who don't know, is based in Welsh mythology, and it's a loose adaptation of the first two books in the Chronicles of Prydain series by Lloyd Alexander. Yep. Um, And it is set in the mythical land of Prydain during the early Middle Ages, and focuses on the evil horned king who wants to get his hands on an ancient magical con- cauldron that will help him conquer the world, of course. And the hero uh, is a pig keeper named Terran, who's joined by Princess Elanwi and Gurgi. I'm probably saying all these names wrong, but a dog-like creature as they set out to destroy the cauldron to prevent the king from taking over the world. 
Um, so I don't know, maybe it could be an interesting live action film. I'm not sure if I've ever seen it or not, to be honest. I, I, I'm hoping they do it right. Mm. Well, is a little fun fact for you. Um, one of the animators on the original Black Cauldron film was Tim Burton. Yes, that Tim Burton. Yep. Who recently did the live action Dumbo. Well, if I remember right, Tim Burton was one of the animators on the on the original film because he was a Disney animator for a while. Yes, this. The Black Cauldron was his first stint as a Disney animator, <laughs> but I like this part. His drawings and ideas were deemed too dark for the animation studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that could we could possibly see a live-action Black Cauldron in the future, yeah. which could be interesting. I might have to check that film out one of these days. Yeah, I I love it. I mean, again, you know, it's what we've talked about. It's it's actually one of my favorite films. Mm. I don't recall if I've seen it or not, so. So, uh, this quick thought, Stranger Things is X-Files for people that like Goonies. <laughs> um, so, moving on. Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Thor 4 is official, and Watiti to direct, and he's putting on hold a lot the live-action Akira. No, 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 no. Go ahead and finish Akira. Yeah. Uh... Then do Thor 4, that way it ties in with Guardians 3 and comes out after Guardians 3. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I love Thor Ragnarok and, and, you know, I'd like to see him do another Thor movie, but not at the expense of Akira. Yeah, well, Akira's still going to get done. Yeah. yeah. But give me Akira first. Yeah. That, that's what I got to say. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so yeah, uh, so what's happening is, um, and of course, Watiti was, did a great job with Ragnarok, um, earned 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but as far as this delay with Akira, it's a long series of setbacks for the film anyway. It sure is. Uh, several writers, directors have been attached to the project, including Stephen Norrington, uh, Ruari Robinson, Alan and Albert Hughes, George Miller, Christopher Nolan, thank God, not him, uh, Jami, Colette Sierra, and, jo- and Justin Lin. Even Jordan Peele was offered the project at one point in time before Watiti took the reins. I wouldn't mind seeing Christopher Nolan do it. <sighs> I thought he only did one good Batman film. That was the second one, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. I like the first one. I main reason why I like the first one it was a villain we hadn't seen before <laughs> with Scarecrow, and they did Scarecrow right. Mm. Um, but the the whole confusion with Raja Ghoul. Mm. Oh, it's Ken Watanabe. Oh no, no, really? It's it's Liam Neeson. Okay, yeah, that but, didn't bother me. Uh, but you know. I, I preferred Burton's Batman a little bit more than Nolan's. Mm, I can't say that. But I, but I like the fact that they were that Burton's was going for the dark, dark, campy comic vibe with it. Yeah, it's very dated now. I know. Well, in, in many ways, Nolan's is dated now, too. In many, many ways. Mm, not the same. Like the the Tim Burton's Batman movie is definitely a Tim Burton movie and it's definitely an eighties right, movie. Right. Which unfortunately 
Schumacher couldn't get done right with his True. two. Yeah. Instead of giving it its own vibe. Yeah. Um, Schumacher. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot the mocker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, other than that, there there's no other word on what's going to happen. Um, but apparently Tessa Thompson pitches a Thor, Valkyrie, and Captain Marvel rom-com film. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> so... Back over to back over to you. Well, by the power of Grayskull, Mattel's bringing back He Man. Uh huh. Right. Uh, also, one of so, the best episodes of the toys that made us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. That was that was a great one. It's a crazy story behind that toy line. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, as a child, I was a big fan of He Man. I was I was huge fan of the TV show of the cartoon, but I never got into the figures. I I didn't really own a lot of the figures, but I had a friend who did, so I used to always I used to go over to his house and he used to want to play with my Star Wars toys and I wanted to play with his He Man stuff. <laughs> Fair trade. Yeah. But um and He Man debuted in nineteen eighty two. And there have been several attempts to revive the original figures. But <sighs> starting in twenty twenty, Mattel is coming back with a release of new Masters of the Universe Origins line. Oh yes, please. Which will start with He Man and Skeletor. Now um this marks the first time that Mattel is revisiting the vintage styling of its original Masters of the Universe toys. And the new figures will be a similar size, about five and a half inches tall. And they will feature the same incredibly buff builds and bulging muscles, which we all love from the He-Man figures. Yep. Don't. <laughs> but, and this is where it gets interesting... Um, thanks to the 37 years of advancements in toy manufacturing, uh, they're going to have a little bit more articulation. Yeah. In fact, uh, the old 80s He-Man figures had just six points of articulation, which that's all we had back in the day, and we liked it. And we walked uphill to school both ways. Twice. With our, with our He-Man figures with their six points of articulation. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Star Wars only had five. Yeah, really. But now the new Origins line will feature 16 points of articulation. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty cool, actually. And these figures look really great. They really do. They have a picture of the original He-Man next to the new one. Yeah. I love how they've changed up a few of the details. Like they added the, like it was in the cartoon, the light yep. color fur around the boots, whereas right, the original yeah. was all one color. Um, yeah. The head sculpt is, is more of the, the hair. Cart- the hair looks a lot better, too. Yeah. Um but I, I still I still like the original axe, not not the one they've got now. Yeah, yeah. Although Human was not really known for his axe, so you know it's sure. okay. <laughs> this is true. Uh, <laughs> so uh, sculpts are great, though. Yeah, um, these figures are going to feature more details with improved paint jobs and new face sculpts. 
that uh, reflect the equally popular Masters of the Universe 80s animated series. Um, and the great thing is these are being created directly by Mattel. Yeah. So that's, um, and even the packaging in the new Masters of the Universe Origins line is influenced by the 80s figures with a gratuitous use of shiny of shiny metal effect lettering. <laughs> and and this is cool I too. I thought you were about to go bender on me. <laughs> I might with a little shiny metal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and another cool thing is they've even Mattel has even created an updated line of mini comic books that will be included <sighs> Yes. Remember, the original He-Man figures had many comics that came with them, yeah. which, is, which was really, really cool. Did you, did you watch this video? Yeah, I did, yeah. The, He-Man's uh, got the knife in the boot? Yes. I'm hoping that is actually what the figure comes with, but it's hard to... It's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, so, so this is exciting news, but... Have some patience because the wait isn't quite over yet. Because, first of all, these figures are going to be revealed or might have already been revealed at San Diego Comic-Con. But they won't go on sale until fall of 2020. Oh. Right before the new He-Man movie comes out. Okay, now that's giving me hope. Yeah. Uh, I know, right? But until then... Um, as part of its SDCC 2019 exclusives, Mattel will actually be selling a He-Man and Prince Adam collectible two-pack featuring the same highly articulated figures as the orig- Origins line. Um, sadly, the company's online store appears to be sold out of them. Yeah. But you can pick them up if you are at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, another thing, um, it has also been revealed that they are going to be releasing figures of Tila and Eva Lynn as well, also with the same points of articulation, yep. which is great. And those will be coming out in fall of 2000 of 2020. And another fun thing is, uh, they are going to be releasing beast man and man at arms and the man at arms figure will have the mustache that he had in the cartoon that his original figure did not have. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So there you go. Well, to continue on how I got this story, I don't know, just timing. But I guess it kind of fits since I have a daughter. San Diego Comic-Con 2019, well, Barbie introduces three fi- three dolls, three figures for Marvel's 80th anniversary. There's Mystique, Storm, and Dark Phoenix Barbie dolls. Okay, that's, I mean, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm a Barbie collector, but those are kind of cool. <laughs> uh, Storm looks great. Mm. Mystique looks great. Dark Phoenix, uh, I guess that's the original costume. It's the red costume. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. yeah. Retailing for 60 bucks each. Mm-hmm. Um, they are now available for pre-order over on GameStop. Before they hit the shelves in October. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for Barbie figures, these are not bad. Yeah. And, I, and I'm glad to see they don't have your typical Barbie head. But with Mystique, the skull necklace, or skull waist belt. 
looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, the details, I mean, they hit on this because it's classic costumes. Um, but they're also bringing an extra dose by making Laura Croft a part of this as well. So they're going to have a Laura Croft Barbie. That's kind of cool. Which actually doesn't look that bad either. Mm. If you click that link, it actually looks pretty decent. So... Continuing on, I think this is a story that I know we've covered a couple times over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, and we're just going, uh, well, duh. Yeah, but it's also a little, well, I don't know, it's like bittersweet, I guess. Yeah, but it had already been announced, which is why we said, well, duh. But but everyone's taking this announcement like, well, okay, but it's never, this is the first time it's being said. Mm-hmm. And that is that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be ending after Season 7, which is the next season. And Deadline had a little interview with Jeff Loeb about it. Um, And I'll just go over some of the highlights briefly. Um, So the first thing they they asked is, so how does Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually end? To which Jeff Loeb said, season six ends really delightfully. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, so then they, you know, they basically said with all the new shows coming out and everything, um, you know, on the Disney streaming service and everything, all the new shows that are being announced, uh, why announce that Shield is ending? And uh, basically, he said. Uh, he said uh, that it's like a celebration. It's not as though we're going to walk off the stage and say goodbye. You're never going to see another one of these new stories again. You have to see how this ends. You have to. And then they talked about season five, how they they kind of killed off Phil Coulson. Basically, they thought that was going to be the end. <laughs> And uh, he said, why wrap it up when you're on a roll and had a new season ordered last year? And he said, the simplest answer is so that we can end on our terms, really, which makes sense. Right. Um, And he said, how many shows do you know that suddenly ended and you feel like, but wait a minute, there was more. So they had originally they had thought season five was the end. In fact, the final, the last episode of season five was actually called The End. Mm-hmm. And they thought they were turning out the lights and going home. But they got a call from ABC that said the material is so strong and asked them if they could do another season, if they had another 13 episodes in them, because they liked the idea of going back and doing it again. Right. So, uh, yeah. Then uh, they had a cool idea that became season six, which we're in the middle of now. And uh, when the show started to come in halfway through the season, they got another call from ABC's Channing Dungey, who is a big fan of the show. And she said, how about a season seven? So, uh, you know, they were making plans to end it. Even after, you know, at season five and even season six was going to be the end. But uh, well, I think the smart move with it, though, was um, they made it a summer series. Right. Yes, definitely. Um, And then they decided that getting another season was so flattering that they basically had to do it. Yeah. Uh, And then Loeb says they're actually going to build a season that will tie up any threads that are there. So that'll be interesting and tie up all the loose ends. 
Um, they're going to make sure that they come to a conclusion that's satisfying to the fans, to the cast, to Marvel, and to ABC. That's a tall order, though. For for me, I would love to see it. They they held out the whole. It was all connected, and then didn't really do anything with it past the first season. Mm. I would. I mean, the show reflected on the Netflix made connections to the Netflix series once yeah, or twice. They right. they made reference back to the movies. Yeah. I would love for once in this final season that there is some more, some actual movie tie-ins back into the show. Right. That say with some of the actual top tier actors from the movies coming in to help tie it over. Because at this yeah. point in time, I mean, we, we've talked about over our Mighty Marvel Geeks. Do the Avengers know Coulson's still alive? I don't see how or, they or would. Did Maria Hills would have known going into Age of Ultron, because that's oh, how right. that season ended. Yeah, he said, that, called the Avengers, and then he followed a, it up with the Theta Project. But that doesn't mean she would tell them. True. Fury knew. Right. Again, that doesn't mean he'd tell them, though. So it's possible they... It, but how how would they not know about the rest of the team, though? Yeah, and then I think that's always something that's kind of bugs me in the back of the mind, in the back of my mind. Like when when I watch Agents of Shield, especially this season where they're kind of getting Shield, rebuilding Shield, right? Basically, so it's it's like, well, what about the rest? You know, do the Avengers know they're rebuilding Shield? You know what? It, how much involvement does Nick Fury or even Maria Hill have? Right. It's it's like I don't know. These are like I try to just ignore the questions that pop into my head like that, but <laughs> yeah, it it's always there. You know, it's always when I'm watching a show and there's a little bit in the back of my head that says, you know what. What about the rest of it? Their actions have to be known by the Avengers. Right. How are they not? Right. And then this, like this season, I mean, you know, spoiler warning for anybody who hasn't seen it, but there's an, there's an alien ship that has entered the Earth's atmosphere. And, you know, is that not going to alert anybody? Other than S.H.I.E.L.D.? Right. You know, you'd think maybe, you know, Tony Stark would have some kind of um, warning system or something, especially after everything that's happened. I don't know. It's just, you know, it's just like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just just always these questions in the back of my mind. It's supposed to be it's all connected. But it doesn't. But they never tied it. It was a one way street. Right. So now when I hear, oh, it's all connected, is it? But they don't really say that anymore either as much. No. No. Yeah, so I uh, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll continue on with Comic-Con news. Uh, Mezco introduces new five-point DC comic action figures. They're five points of articulation. Um, And it looks... So this... Could this be the three and three quarter inch figures we've been waiting for to go with the Star Wars stuff and G.I. Joe and anyone else? Uh, well, Mezco has secured a license to produce DC Comics figures in the one eighteenth scale, um, at least for the Batman 66 series and the Fleischer Superman cartoons. I love pretty- those cartoons. Yeah. 
Those figures are pretty cool, though. Yeah. Uh, the company unveiled a, a look at these new figures, which include 66 Batmobile as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so uh, Funko has been questioned many times about the status of their Batman 66 figures. Um, and looking at these, we and looking at this debut, it kind of looks like we know why their line wasn't continued. Um, it looks like the fun will kick off in summer 2020 with the Batmobile, Robin, the Joker, Penguin, and Catwoman. Really? You do those three rogues, but you... <laughs> I know, I know. No King Tut. King Tut would be awesome as well. No Egghead. But we're talking the no character that appeared in the very first episode. <laughs> and I almost want to say he had the most appearances in the series, character-wise, villain-wise. Who knows? Probably. But there's no Riddler. Really? <laughs> and then the Eartha Kit, or it's not Eartha Kit, it's uh, it's Julie Newmars, Catwoman, isn't it? Yep. It, it, was, like it. it was Lee Merriweather in the movie. Mm. But the Superman, oh, this looks amazing. Yeah. The costume is nailed perfectly. Lois and Clark are nailed perfectly. Mm. The robot is amazing. I got to go back and watch to see what the robot is, to see his name. Yeah, I don't remember his name. <clears throat> These look very similar to the to the Batman figures, or to the DC superhero figures that we had as kids. Oh, right. And, right. I, and I'm not talking about the superpowers line. I'm talking about the other line. I think Mego had those. They did the three because I know Migo did the superpowers as well, where they made they were made more buffy, more buff like. <laughs> um, actually, no, they weren't. They're actually pretty decent. But no, this this stuff looks great. Look better if there was well, you know, Riddler. Well, you gotta have something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, looking on their website. They they've got some I got some nice looking stuff on here. They really do. Mm. They got uh, the saw figure. Yeah. Um, I mean brands they cover at the moment: Living Dead dolls, Gomez, uh, um, Clockwork Orange, Nightmare on Elm Street, Beetlejuice, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Chucky, DC, Dawn of the Dead, Evil Dead Two, Friday the Thirteenth, Ghostbusters, Halloween, Hellraiser Three, Hellboy, the newest one, It from Pennywise, or Pennywise from It, John Wick Chapter Two, Kong of Skull Island, Marvel, Popeye Saw. The Conjuring Universe, The Curse of La Llorona, uh, The Exorcist, The Shining, The Warriors, and Trick or Treat. Let's see what's in Marvel. Oh, Lord. Moon Knight Crescent Edition. Oh, wow. Their Moon Knight is... Uh, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, I gotta do this so you can see. Where's the chat? This stuff looks amazing. Blade. And it looks like uh, Wesley Snipes' blade. So now I'm curious to see what they have with Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is cool. Ghostbusters. They're the ones who did the box set. Remember when we talked about that box set? Oh, right. It's yeah. them who did the box set. Hmm. Uh, what's in DC? 
Their DC stuff looks pretty decent. So I'm I'm excited for these figures if they get it done. Yeah, really. Because could you imagine if they then turn around and do like the '89 Batman mm. with that Batmobile? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm stoked. So why don't we move on? Speaking of stoked. This is something that I'm very, very interested in and I'm uh, pretty excited about. And that is a new series uh, being produced by Brad Pitt and coming to Fox. And it is going to be called Lego Masters. This, a, this will be awesome. Yes, it is a Lego building competition, a reality competition series. Um it is produced by Endermole Shine North America and Brad Pitt's Plan B. And it has 12 teams of two going head-to-head to, head to head in ambitious brick-building challenges. Uh, you're going to see each episode, uh, one pair will progress to the next round until the finale, during which the three top teams will square off for the ultimate LEGO trophy. There's no Which will be made out of Duplos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no specific episode count yet. But uh, according to Rob Wade, president of Alternative at Fox, uh, Lego Masters has everything you want in a reality competition. An incredibly quirky and unique twist on a brand revered by billions of people. Exciting team-based battles driven by creativity and a premise or premise, however you want to say it, that's ultra-family-friendly. It's bold, fun, and unlike anything else on television, and we are thrilled to bring LEGO Masters to American fans. Uh, I guess this was originally created by a UK-based indie production company called Tuesday's Child, and it debuted on UK's Channel 4 in 2017 becoming the network's highest rated new series and doubling its primetime average among young adults. It's been renewed on Channel 4, and uh, now it is coming to America. Typical. You know, it starts off in Britain and comes to America. I think a few things have happened like that. <laughs> may, have, may have to try and look this up on YouTube. Yeah, maybe. It'd be pretty cool. Just to get an um, idea what it's going to be like. Yeah. Um, so there's no no uh, premiere date yet on when the show will come out, but it's definitely something I'm excited to watch. I'm always fascinated by by the people that can build like the just the crazy, insane Lego stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, I am staring at Lego Masters season one, episode three. Oh wow! And episode four. This is going to be cool. Apparently, there was a Lego Masters Australia as well. No kidding. This is according to YouTube. See, now I'm going to have to go to the Roku and go Lego Masters. See what pops up. See what I can find. Yeah, really. And apparently, there is a... Oh, eight months ago, this started a new season on oh, Channel wow. 4. Hmm. So, oh, this is cool. I need, I need to look this up now. It's going to be very cool. So, well, how about this? Brandon Roth, Ralph, is to return as Superman. Ah, very interesting. 
which is going to be confusing <laughs> because Brandon Roth is now on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which is probably the strongest show the DC universe on the Arrowverse at this point in time. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> Oh, it is a funny show, too. Yes, that's what I mean. It's like, that's not <laughs> that's not what you would expect to be no. the strongest. No, I wouldn't. And, and it's been it, great. Yeah, it has. I really, I enjoy that show a lot. This season, this past season was really good. And they've changed the premise almost every season. Yeah. Which is what keeps it entertaining. Indeed. So, um, apparently, Ralph, who plays Palmer in Ray Palmer slash The Atom on Legends, is, along with Tyler Hoechlin, will betray Superman in different time frames during the event. Okay. Interesting. So, when he shows up, they're gonna, are they going to go, funny, you look like Ray Palmer? <laughs> Um, of course, Holchin joined the Arrowverse in 2016, playing Superman, which he's been a great Superman. It's just, unfortunately, not a Supergirl's just not the show I thought it was going to be. Mm. Have you seen the new costume for? Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like they've got more of the armored Supergirl look with her. Yeah, yeah. I just read, too, that the, the actor who's playing Jimmy Olsen is leaving. Uh, he's the one who also does the Patriot? The Guardian. Or Guardian. Yeah. Um, of course, Roth starred in Brian Singer's Superman Returns, which was not his fault. Uh, and basically, that one came out as saying, you know what? It goes Superman 1, it goes Superman, Superman 2, Superman Returns, doing away with 3 and 4. Which 4, okay, I had no problems with. 3, eh, 3 has some great, great moments that worked with this, with that Superman universe. Mm. Yeah, but overall, it was overall not, it, it flopped, and they took a wrong. But again, they didn't have Richard Donner working on it either. Um, but reports are also saying too that Ralph will be playing Clark Kent, Superman, Palmer, and Adam in the crossover. I didn't think Legends was going to be a part of this crossover. Oh yeah, it is. All it's uh, everything except Black Lightning is is going to be a part of it. Even Batwoman. Okay. Which is a shame that they're not going to pull in, like, Doom Patrol or, or Titans in with it either. Yeah, that would be interesting, but not CW shows. Oh, apparently on Epic, on Epic's network, that yep. premier, they're doing a Pennyworth series. Yep. Did we talk about that? I don't know if we did. I talked about it on Keepers of the Fringe with Chris. Okay. I'm not sure if we have or not. I don't remember. Of course, we know Gotham does not fit in this realm at all because it's more of an Elseworld story. Yeah. So, yeah. It, 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 this whole crisis is going to be an interesting thing. Yeah. And I just also read that it is going to uh, actually it's going to be five episodes, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's going to take place in December and January. Wow. Mm. Wow. Well, how about we continue on? Which I'm excited for this one. Oh, me too. And I envy you for having this story. <laughs> Funny how it worked out that way. <laughs> you stacked the deck. Honestly, no, because we didn't know at the time it was going to. Anyway, that's a whole different. That's a little how the sausage was made. <laughs> But show episode how sausage was made. <laughs> um, was oh, uh, so it was announced in an SDCC panel 
that the Russo brothers, most famous for a couple little movies in uh, a couple little Marvel indie films, including Avengers Endgame, uh, responsible for some of the best of the movies. Um, they are currently positioning themselves to be the producers of an adaptation of Battle of the Planets, one of my favorite cartoons as a child. Oh, I love that cartoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, what was the one that we, I know I always nicknamed G-Force? That's this one. It's the same thing. Is it? Yep. Okay. It was called G-Force at one point or something. Anyway, because it was originally called Gotcha Man. Gotcha Man. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so at the at a, a recent panel that SDCC panel that the brothers Russo's were in, they did confirm that they are were they have the rights to Battle of the Planets, and they are planning something with it. And when asked if they might uh, direct the adaptation themselves, uh, Anthony Russo said, we'll see. If we were to do it, it would be live action. If we were to direct it, we would direct it as a live action film. Ah, a live action Battle of the Planets would be pretty sweet. Yeah. I must say, they'd have to change some of their outfits. Not not the the costumes, but I mean they're out of costume outfits, which were very very seventies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we don't want it to go the way of Speed Racer. Yeah. No kidding. Uh of course, the project is in very early stages of development, um, but it's interesting because, uh, you know, if you're thinking, why Battle of the Planets? Uh, turns out that uh, the series is also a favorite of Joe Russo, and, uh, you know, one of the advantages of the success they've had is that they can pretty much work on whatever passion project they want. Right. Which is a cool thing. So why not one of their childhood favorites, Battle of the Planets? Now, if you want... hmm? Have you seen Spaceship, Space Battleship, Yamamoto? Mm -hmm. I wish they did an English dub of that. Yeah, yeah. And that actually was not a bad movie. Mm. All right. So if you're not familiar with Battle of the Planets, then you must be pretty young. Um, but Battle of the Planets was the American adaptation of the anime series known in Japan as Science Ninja Team Gatchaman. It tells the story of the G-Force, a group of five youngsters who are tasked with protecting Earth from galactic threats. It is notable for its bright animation style, martial arts combat, big space battles, complete with elaborate ships, and colorful cast of characters. And it was an awesome show, and I very much want this to happen. Yes, very much so. What else would you want from our childhood from this realm? Oh, oh. I want Shogun Warriors. Yes. The big giant robots used to be a big thing that I used to love. Some of my favorites, you know, I'd love to see Guy King come back. Yeah. Amazing Z. Ugh, so many. So many. Yeah. Ugh. I, I think I would want Shogun Warriors for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, Good. well, 
I'm happy for this news as well. In July of last year, uh, Warner Brothers released the limited box edition of Batman, the complete animated series on Blu-ray, which I have yet to get my copy. Uh, and it sold out its 30,000 run fast, which prompted an upgrade to 70,000 copies, which also sold through the holiday season, Before, the, which also sold through before the holiday season ended. Now they're giving Batman Beyond a similar treatment for the series' 20th anniversary with a 50,000 copy limited edition set. Now it's available on Amazon for pre-order for $99. Hmm. And it's slated to ship October 15th. Bonus, a basic version of Batman the Completed Animated Series Blu-ray set without the limited edition bits is on sale now for $43.99. Oh, cool. Uh, Keep in mind, you will not be charged for this until it ships. Mm -hmm. Uh, Given how popular the set's going to be, you definitely want to lock down a copy as soon as possible. Uh just like the anim- Batman animated series before it, this will throw in everything, all 52 episodes, um, and two additional discs of bonus content, including remastering a remastered version of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. It will also come with a Batman Beyond Funko Pop with chrome paint and lenticular art cards. Special features include 15 featurettes and audio commentary from Bruce Tim on four episodes. And a side-by-side comparison of the remaster and the original is available below, <laughs> along with a full breakdown of the features. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, that's cool. So even even not getting the lim- this limited edition, I would take a basic copy of this as well on Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, I used to like that show. I love that show. I still want the live-action movie. Could be cool. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but... <laughs> this is true. So now we're on to the next story. Well... This actually, this one's cool. Another cool thing. There's been a lot of cool stuff this week. Yeah. And um, so the team behind the Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us, a great series that we have enjoyed. And we have, uh, we've had um, Brian on to talk about. Um, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the email going. Do you want to get Brian on to talk about this again? Um, That's going to be an OMAC. Yes, please. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, now there is another season of the toys that made us coming soon, which we are looking forward to. Yes. But they are now, they have announced a spinoff series at Comic-Con that's coming out later this year. And it's going to be called the movies that made us. Which is great. Which is great. Uh, now the debut season of the movie <laughs> us will cover die hard home Ooh. alone Ooh. dirty dancing and ghostbusters see i'm surprised star wars isn't there well it should be maybe a little too obvious obvious is good i'm sorry <laughs> a little too maybe they wanted to start with some of the other stuff first and then you know Eventually, if this if you like this, we'll get to Star Wars. But anyway, <laughs> the official description reads: Netflix and the Nacelle Company, the brains behind the hit document docu series, The Toys That Made Us, 
are bringing you a new, equally deep, nostalgic dive into pop culture that entertain the masses. The movies that made us will have you cheering on John McClane and Kevin McAllister in the Christmas Eve battles of their lives. It will have you dancing the night away with Johnny and Baby while tapping into the supernatural with a team of ghost-busting scientists. So the movies that made us is coming to Netflix in quarter four of 2019. Ooh, this year. I wonder. I wonder if because they're doing Die Hard and Home Alone, we might see it in time for Christmas. Maybe. 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 Could be interesting, but either way, I can't wait to see this one. Yeah. Well, that's gonna kind of wrap it up. Good, because my mouth is getting tired. <laughs> that sounds <that sound> right. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Um, well, as we are recording this, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is still going on. So uh, who knows what, what more we'll see. True. Very true. Well, go check out the trailers for Top Gun Maverick for uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Mm. Um. There's an It trailer that came out. The It Chapter 2. Um, Cats, which I found interesting. Scary. That was creepy. That was very creepy. Um, Terminator, the new Terminator film, which has, uh, crap, what's his name? Eddie Furlong. Yes. Um, it, it's, yeah. The, the Top Gun trailer, I think, is what's stealing it at the moment. I would put yeah. Jay and Silent Bob second. But tomorrow's the big day. Mm. We'll just have to see. So, um, so I'm assuming you have nothing else. That's all I got. And I have nothing else. So that only leaves one thing left to be said. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. I've been authorized by Director Fury to use any means necessary to keep you on premises. If you attempt to leave or play any games, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into the carpet. 